and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick and Grace. Welcome to episode 204 of the Someplace Like Terra Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I'm Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we are going into Stargate Atlantis Season yes. 2, Episode 6, uh-huh. Trinity, uh-huh. a.k.a. Man Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to stick with Man Kansas. Well, it works on a lot of levels. You know, it's it serendipitously, serendipitously, serendipitously. Came to us serendipitously mm-hmm. came to us during the week. Yes. But then if you think of how we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not. We're on Atlantis. So it ties into, it's very on brand. It is. There's no place like Atlantis. There's no place like Dara. Um, we're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, the Manhattan Project. I'm just doing a word association while you look up a thing. <laughs> I know. It's my subtitle. And now we're looking at... No, it's my subtitle was... Um, is the is the full name of Dr. Strangelove, which I just want to make sure I get right. Oh, yeah. So, it's it's uh, Dr. Strange McKay, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. <laughs> Dr. Strange... I like that one. That was a full title, but Man Kansas is the abbreviated for reasons <laughs> that don't apply. <laughs> so is it the atomic bomb or is it de- technically... No, just love the bomb. Love the bomb. Yeah. How I <laughs> learned to stop worrying uh-huh. and love the bomb. I got it. I just I fucked it. up the title again. Do you know it. what I mean? I'm going to get it. Let's so, get into it. Anything you you want you had a story that you wanted to share? Oh, I wanted to share that one happy anniversary to the Vikings. Oh yes, thank you. That happened this um, past week. And you know, of their exciting anniversaries that happened in yeah. the same week <laughs> is it was Drakey's Gotcha Day. It was Drakey's Gotcha Day. We've the day had that crazy little dude for an entire um year yeah, you have. because we picked him up the day after your wedding yeah because you found him before the wedding and you're like this is not the weekend to take a dog yeah home. we probably can't take him today can we please uh take him later and they're like well we can't hold him for you wink 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 yeah. wink we're gonna hold him for you um <laughs> because we we had met him and by we i mean all of us including stormy yeah um, and they were like, he's doing better than he has with any dog ever that we've ever had yeah, to meet. That's good. Most of the, the other dogs are not fans of his. Because <laughs> he's a handful. Well, he's a handful. And here's my theory. They were threatened by his adorableness. This is very And true. they're like, this is a new one. This one's going to take over uh-huh. the humans. And I'm not into it. And Stormy has enough cute... Stormy is so confident, and he's so lawful good that he's like, so if the mommy good. and daddy love this, then yeah. I too will love it. Uh-huh. I don't... This is I, how Stormy learned to stop worrying and, and love, love the, the Drakey. <laughs> the atomic Drake. <laughs> <laughs> the Drakey bomb? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so t- this week was his gotcha uh, day anniversary um, to share um, a little bit about our boy. Yeah. To encapsulate him in a single story. Uh, well, one, he's finally become aware that he is a dog. Dope. Now, I don't know 
if there's an actual scientific term for this or if other people know what this is, but uh, we've had a couple puppies now uh, that we've grown into dogs. Yeah. Um, and there comes a point in you their life. involved them like a Pokeball. Yeah, like a Pokeball. Uh-huh. Um, no, there comes a point in their life when they seem to learn that they're dogs. Yes. Like, oh, I'm going to bark at this because it's a thing I do. Like, they're not just extensions of us. Yes. And, like, they're like, oh, I'm an actual self person. Kaylee still is confused whether she's a dog or a cat. Oh, sure. But but I think she came to you guys knowing that she was a self-sufficient yes, being. Yes, because we got yeah. her at seven months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so our boys took a little longer because, you know, boys are not as smart as girls sometimes. You know, they just... Uh, they develop know, they, slower. They develop slower. Mentally. Um, but so he's learned that he's a dog and he's learned that he's a dog who likes to... Bark at the neighbor dog who has <laughs> anger issues. Who's an asshole. She 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 has anger issues. It's not her fault. She has a lot of anger issues, we've learned. And and her her humans know and they try, but yeah. they she's got a lot of issues. She's not meant to live in a home as small as the one that they nope. live in. Or a yard as small as that. Yeah, and um but that's where they are. What can yeah. you do? They did not buy her. It, it was a one of their children gave them the dog yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. What are we gonna do? Get rid of the dog? Um, because the child realized that they couldn't handle the dog either. Uh, anyway, Drakey has learned that he can go up to the fence and just kind of hang out <laughs> and shake his collar at her <laughs> and really piss her off. And then he'll do one bark and run. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, and also he, we've learned that he is scared of the neighbor lady. So he'll stand there and yeah. like bait and bait this poor dog <laughs> while she just gets frustrated on the other end. Uh, but then if, if the neighbor woman comes out, run. he's like, oh no, an no, adult, run. gotta run, gotta run. 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 <laughs> there is a dog nomming on my shoe right now yeah. and it's adorable. I can, <laughs> this dog, uh, has spent 24 hours taking over every surface that the humans are on. Yeah. <laughs> um, that wasn't even the story I was no. going to tell. Quick, quick story. This morning while I'm taking notes in the room and, uh, fiance Jesse, it's fine. She's just kind of nomming on my shoe. <laughs> um, it's kind of cute. Um, I'm taking notes. Uh, fiance Jesse's playing Witcher in the living room, mm-hmm. and we hear the pipes in the house. Yeah, it's a small kind house. of older house, yeah. and it's small. And anytime you hear something like that, you're like, "Fuck, something's leaking. Yeah. Something's broken. I mean, something's wrong." Our house is also small. Yeah, you can hear everything. Yeah, and so we're like, "Well, neither of us is is doing water things." Um, and so Jesse gets up, and there's a little boy in the shower mm-hmm. um, who's trying to eat my body poof. This yeah. is not the first one. These are treasures that he <laughs> likes to collect, and it's our own fault for naming him Nathan Drake. Yep. Because no matter what danger it gets you in, you've got to find the treasure. Yeah. Um, and he had turned on the shower <laughs> while trying to get my loofah. And then, stuck and then in was shower. like, "Help me! I'm stuck here. I don't. I don't know what I. I don't know how what I've done." <laughs> he was like, "Sully," to pull another Nathan Drake reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me out of here. So Kaylee, uh, I sew, mm-hmm. as many of you know. Um, I was cutting a pattern this morning. And I was doing it on the floor, and Kaylee, the only place in the house that Kaylee wanted to be was on the fabric. That's appropriate. And the pattern as I was cutting Well, that's it. where your attention was. It, 100% that's where the attention was. So she wanted to be there. Plus, last night, she's not a big dog. She's like 35 pounds. Yeah. She somehow finds the way to lay in the middle of where my legs go. So you either have to, like, straddle the dog... 
where if you want to roll over, take one leg out of the blankets and like move it to the other side. She can't move the sleeping sure. dog. Yeah. At like 5 a.m. I did. Well, and I wonder how hard is she to move? Because my boys are impossible. It depends on when you get her. Okay. So if you are moving her like when you're just falling asleep, mm-hmm. she's going to be cranky. Right. She's going to snarl at you. Not in like, and I'm actually snarling at you, but in the same way that I get if you're trying to like move me, I'm like, those type of things. (laughs) And she will like, she'll whine and she'll complain and you'll move her and she'll be happy. But if you do in the middle of the night, she's still basically sleeping. So she's like putty. Nice. She's just ragdolls. See, well, that's the thing is our dogs ragdoll, but they weigh more when they like. Political protesters could learn a thing or two from my dogs about how to go how passive resistance. Yes. Because my goodness, yeah, I can't, I cannot move Drakey. Well, I mean, they also weigh more. Like I don't lift, lift the dog. Yeah. I just kind of like lift her top end and like put a hand in her butt and kind of drag her over yeah. to where I want her to be. Yeah. But yeah, she wanted to be Silly directly on things. <laughs> Good job, Kaylee. Yep. You do what you got it for attention. I have, in pop culture news, uh, I am waiting with bated breath for next month when the final season of Star Wars Clone Wars animated series comes out. that's right. So I, this past couple days, I have binged the sixth season, which was the, like, bonus season that they put on Netflix. Okay. After they finished the full run. So there's five seasons in the full run. So are they all on Disney Plus? Yes. Okay. And the news, the seventh season is going to come on Disney Plus next month, like February 23rd. But there's a trailer out that is amazing. You cannot watch it yet because there's spoilers. Got it. Good to know. But it's so good. (laughs) And there's a character. Well, well, you're the one sitting under my feet, Kaylee. (laughs) You know, I I, I can't tell you much about her story yet. But you know Ahsoka is like mm-hmm. my, one of my favorite yeah. characters in Star Wars. So there is going to be some amazing Ahsoka time. Yeah, I'm getting barked season. at by a dog for putting my feet down. <laughs> yeah. And the it's floor like, is hers. The, the, everything is mine. You can't have This it. is the dog's house. We just live in it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Anything else before we um, I yell a date out really loudly? No, let's do this. August 19th, 2005! <laughs> Yay! This was written by Damian Kindler, directed by Mr. Martin Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one main... The Woodsy. The Woodsy. I don't know. I'm just going to make up nicknames That's for all of them now. The uh, the one actor I want to point out, uh, Mattis, that we don't see for a ton, but we see him. He has the longer hair. He's played by Christopher Gothier. Okay. I'm sorry if I killed that. Uh, I think Is many of us... Huh? It is. It's got, yeah. Got, that's close enough. Gothier. Yeah. I think many of us... I don't, Grace, you have not seen the series, but many of us who love Stargate also have seen Eureka. Mm. He will forever to me be Vincent, the owner of the best named cafe ever, Cafe Diem. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, I love Eureka. That is a series, again, in the future, if you want, like... I think I tried to start it once and I just didn't have the time. Yeah, it's one of those great series that if you ever need a time to start a new series, it's one that, like... Go eat it over there. Sorry. Is, is random. She was eating the bottom of a shoe. Yeah, well, it's the, the shoes that Nick wears to work yeah. as a butcher. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yes. But it was more like she had somehow tucked it under my feet. Yeah. 
so that I could hold it for yep. her. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a it's a fantastic show that it's so episodic. Yeah, and it's yeah. so just random fun, and there's so many guest stars in it. <laughs> no. Every person you could ever want to guest star on a series. I is think I I watched like maybe the first two episodes. Mr. Will Wheaton. I did know that. Yeah. I did know that happens. Um, He's been in a ton of other things. Once upon a time, series of unfortunate events, Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, now we're talking about Gauthier. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I not, was like, Will Wheaton was not in that. <laughs> That's lying. <laughs> that is not okay. <laughs> and then I also want to point out. Um, so two things before we get to this art. One of our K's we said was the Mancansas. Yes. And that is the name of the cocktail we are drinking today. We yeah, have done this. It's been a while since we did a cocktail of the week. A man, Kansas. Mm-hmm. This is a Manhattan made with ginger Kentucky bourbon. Sure. Which is not Kansas, but it's somewhere near the mid. No? Yeah, no. no it's really it, not. Listen, there's no Kentucky. It's really just about changing up an existing Manhattan. Yes. I know. And twisting it all up. The Kansas and Kentucky, like, they sounded, they sounded enough alike that we could maybe just go with it. It's no. Us. Really, it's just about taking a Manhattan and turning it on its side. Yes. And this, and this ginger bourbon I have is... And we wanted to drink oh, ginger bourbon. It's <laughs> That's so the good. other part. We just really wanted to drink some ginger bourbon. It is. I found this at the store and it's super small batch and mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite things in the entire world. So, the title <laughs> of this episode... You want to try this one? So the, the title and, um, of this and, episode is... And a sentient hand yeah. showed up in front of the pot and we was like, a, watch it, try a drink. <laughs> that was a, um, a, a, uh, oh gosh, cantrip. <laughs> mage hand. It was a mage hand that yeah. popped up. <laughs> so the title of the episode, Trinity. It wasn't a mage hand, it was Bigsby's hand. It was Bigsby's oh, hand. Oh, sorry. How dare you <laughs> question the size of his sorry. imaginary hand. I just didn't. It I mean, was imaginary hand can actually poke a hole in a dragon. That's true. I mean, my thing was it was less than ten pounds, so I didn't yeah. know why you would use a. You don't want to overpower the spell. spell, yeah. Okay, Trinity. Yes. Uh, it is, take, takes its name from the first atomic bomb detonation, which was the Trinity test. Oh, okay. I think I knew that. Uh, which is now the White Sands Missile Range yes. in New Mexico on July. Well, I don't know the date. I, my note says 1YTH, so sure. I don't know what date that is, but it was started with a 1. I'll look it up. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In 1945, it was like 529 AM, just to give you the mental picture here. And Oppenheimer named it Trinity. He didn't really have a concrete answer as to... July 16th, 1945. I mean, a Y looks like a 6. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They are right next to each other on the keypad, so yeah. you can see how I did that. Yeah. Uh, when asked why he named it Trinity, he never really had a concrete answer. He said it was inspired by the poetry of John Donne. And the most people get from that is it was probably a reference to the God Trinity, the Trinity of God. Okay. Um, I got distracted by um, the name of the desert where this was done. Yeah. Or what it was called at the time, because yeah. I guess they changed it. But it was called Jornada del Muerto, which is the journey of the dead man. Oh, How fucking appropriate and creepy and that's amazing. That's uh, uplifting. I'm going to have to turn this off or else I'm going to be like, sorry, Nixie, you're on your own. I've got to dive deep into this hole of weird, creepy shit. And because that's who I... So Friday night, I dived into a creepy hole of abandoned pasta. yeah, abandoned amusement parks around the world. Oh, no. It, there's a, isn't there the Disney one? 
there's a the fake Disney one in um in China. There's one locally here. Yes, That's I know what you're I'm talking about. Of. There's a a Disney park on an island that you can only access by boat. Yeah. There's the one in New Orleans that was abandoned after Katrina. Mm-hmm. There's so many around the world. Yeah, they get creepy. There's a creepy one in South Korea where uh, there's pictures where someone died on one of the rides and the ride is still hanging broken. <laughs> they're all haunted. Every single one of them is oh, haunted. absolutely they're haunted. They also uh, have weird, like, mutated creatures living in them. Oh, well, uh, you're thinking of... Um, I'm going to say this wrong, but we're trying to know what's pre-pat. Pre- oh, pre- yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm talking oh, about just purely in general? science sure. fiction. Absolutely, yes. Weird, like... But that one may actually... Simpsons level. Yeah, that that one may have reality-based science yeah. ones. Uh, so, for reference, the, the bomb that was blown on the Trinity Guest was 22 kilotons. Mm-hmm. Fat Man was 21. So it's right in the same range oh, as the okay. ones that they, wow. they actually dropped. And also, fun fact, because I was looking this up. Because it was Little Boy and Fat Man, right? Yeah. Were their nicknames? Yeah. Um, but fun fact, while I was looking this up, a one kiloton could power the average U.S. house for 103,000 years. Jesus. Yeah. Nobody needs that much power. No. So we start with our team heading through a space gate. And uh, McKay trying to give advice about not eating a huge lunch before a mission. Ronan's pretty sure he's fine. So I'm, I'm going to make a case for McKay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to think about who's probably got the strongest stomach of this of this crew. Now, I think our instinct would be like, oh, Ronan, right? He's yeah. been eating whatever he's he can find. He's been eating, like, you know, survival food. However, so you would think him and Taylor. However, everything they're finding is organic. It is made from the planet. This is very true. It's it's all natural. Everything's like it, the whole a yeah. whole food stream, right? Yeah. McKay. <laughs> it's so disgusting. McKay and I think John probably eats well. You, you, you know yes. what I mean? He eats well. He takes care of himself. He's a lot more natural food. Enjoys foods. his junk food, but McKay is made of processed food. He says that he eats frozen dinners without thawing them let's just dissect that for a minute (laughs) if the man can do like so you know the the most um well healthy uh person if their diet consists of only healthy things you shove in some fast food in there they're done it's not gonna go well it's not gonna go well meanwhile the assholes like me who eat hot cheetos for (laughs) breakfast are gonna be fine yeah no i have uh, I'm yeah. a pretty hearty stomach as well. Yeah, I'm going to say my money is behind McKay Probably. as far as who's got the hardiest stomach there. But when it turns to quantity, sure, Ronan's got it, no problem. Oh, yeah. Ronan can eat in, in, in hordes and hordes yes. of food. However, don't throw in any... Like, imagine imagine if he got his hands on some hot Cheetos because there's so or much just, shit in there. like, find him Taco Bell. It's going to hurt. It's not going to end well. It's going to end bad. <laughs> it's going to end bad. Yeah. It actually, uh, in, in reference, and this is not actually a spoiler for the last episode of Supernatural that just aired. Okay. It's one of the, I think, I have a hunch it's one of the final, like, lighthearted comedic sure. episodes as their run to the final episode, yeah. which I will cry at. 
but they find themselves, they're no longer quote unquote heroes. Oh. So everything that happens to normal people starts happening to them. <laughs> and like all the pie that Dean yes, eats. <laughs> and in fact, Dean then eats like seven grilled cheeses. Oh, geez. And then finds out that when he's not a hero, he is lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm sure it was like American fake cheese. So there's no life signs on the planet. Uh, Remember that commercial when we were little that was like, this is what our cheese is made of. And it's like uh, milk. And it's like, this is what their cheese is made of. And it's like oil. (laughs) Just oil. There's no point in my life that I've enjoyed American cheese. Um, I don't think you're meant to enjoy it. It's just meant to fill your belly. I know. If quote unquote American cheese to me is Wisconsin cheddar. Um, sliced American cheese, bologna, white bread. The perfect kid sandwich. Now, I had... You know what? Throw some hot Cheetos in it. I had the same thing, but we had cheddar. And then mom would, with the... Because I wanted yellow mustard. Mm -hmm. She would make smiley faces with the yellow mustard. (laughs) Of course. Moms are awesome. So there's no life signs on the planet. A planet they actually read about in the Atlantis database. Yes. Uh, And while it's 10,000 years old... Definitely a race used to live here. Mm-hmm. The Durandans, and that the Durandans were apparently pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, sounds like it. So we find themselves flying through the wreckage of a massive space battle. Mm-hmm. There's Wraith Hive ships there, and as they land on the planet to check it out, we see the surface is as ruined as the ships in orbit. Yeah. It has been this way for a long it's time. It's a gnarly looking scene. Yeah. It's really cool, but it's like, whoa, some bad times happened here. And it's storming here, and I'm interested to know if it's just storming Would you say it's stormy? It's stormy here. <laughs> if it is dark and stormy. Yeah. If a, it's just like a storm is always here when we hear, or I have a hunch this planet has basically Venused itself because of <laughs> the weapons fire. What does that mean? Nuclear winter. Okay. It basically means that heat, like, if, if it was actually Venused itself, then the planet would be much, much hotter. Oh, okay. Um, but it's basically this never-ending cloud layer, and... The, the sun can't break through and nothing can dissipate. Yeah. So McKay does pick up some energy readings. They can head to. And he knows, like, they put up a good fight because they were ancients. He's able, because of the energy signal, signal he recognizes it and knows they're ancients. Yeah. So McKay does pick up some <laughs> energy readings that they can head to. And he recognizes the energy readings Ooh. and knows that there were definitely ancients here. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's one of those, like, okay, there's far more to this mystery than we're understanding. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more to unravel, cool fight scene, dead planet, ancients, maybe? Question mark? Uh, Yeah. Credits. Dun, dun, dun. So they land on a building that has a giant gun Mm -hmm. on the top that we won't dig too deep into. We're not going to look at that ever again. Just forget about it. Well, I was more going down a different train of thought, but that's fine. I was being done. We head down into the laboratory. It is very clearly ancient-looking design in here. Mm -hmm. Taylor does point out that the database in Atlantis doesn't include that, like, the Atlanteans were here. Oh. And McKay sets to work on trying to turn everything on. John and Ronan find a few bodies. It's all very horror film. Yeah. It's, uh, exciting. And That's John, the word I'm going to use. <laughs> John also wonders why this outpost is intact when everything else on the planet is destroyed. Hmm. We'll get to that later. Hmm. 
And McKay gets all the lights turned on, and then he asks why everything on this planet is destroyed except this outpost. And John's like, good question, hmm. bro. Hmm. Let's just ask this a little bit long. Nope. We think we're just going to go right into it. So back in Atlantis, the team briefs weird. Turns out there it's a ground-based-ish sort of version of the satellite weapon mm-hmm. that they used at the end of last season. Okay. Uh, but it has way more power. Yeah. Basically, the ancients were just creating more and more and more Well, I weapons. mean, they've been at war for a hundred sure, years. Sure, yeah. And, uh, and they're like, if one gun destroyed an entire Wraith fleet, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe we should get some of them guns. And Taylor's like, you know, if we reverse engineer that, we could defend a lot of worlds from being culled. Mm-hmm. And Ronan correctly points out that it didn't, like, save the Durandans. Right. They still died. They so... still died. What, how How is this helpful? But as we find out later, they didn't die necessarily from the rape. No. They... Um, I'll come back to me. Well, I, don't I mean, remember they the... didn't only die from the rape. It's a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, that's a fancy word. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but there, it's still, McKay is like, this is still worth investigating. And John backs him up to Weir um, before Weir can even give the okay. McKay is rattling off the people <clears throat> he wants to take with him and already starting the process. I love that she's trying to teach him how to, um, she's using a word that's probably in her vocabulary a lot, like in her own mind. She's like, it's an easy sell. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't have to do this much yeah. work. Like, that must be, in her time doing this and being a negotiator, yeah. she's like, stop. You, I mean, you can keep going if you want, but, yeah. like, you're... This is probably the first step she does in her own negotiation. Yeah. She's like, evaluate the level of difficulty this is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Easy sell. Stop talking. Minimal words. Got and it. It's, and it's interesting because we see Taylor's side of negotiating later <laughs> that we will definitely Jesus get to. Jesus Christ, yeah. So sometime later, Ronan is waiting for Taylor, mm-hmm. speak of the Taylor, mm-hmm. and is like, you know, that awkward mission going to get disease-resistant strain of flaxseed <laughs> that would yeah. double your crop yields on the mainland? That sounds super interesting to me. <laughs> He's like, please, 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 please get me out of here. I have cabin fever. <laughs> Basically, Taylor yeah. understands the need to go somewhere anywhere else yeah. sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bring only the weapons. Where are you going? To watch paint dry? That sounds like that fun. Sounds Can great. I come with you? Yeah. <laughs> Bring only the weapons you can conceal, and I don't even want to know what Ronan's bare minimum weapons consist of. Eleven. It's eleven. <laughs> it's like in the hair alone. Oh, there is. A, I actually got the idea. One of my previous characters stored uh-huh. weapons in her hair, yeah. and that's where I got the idea. From. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. There are daggers in his dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I love, and I love this little bonding moment. This whole episode with the two of them, I think is really nice. Yeah, they're trying to establish an is there, isn't there, is there, isn't there love thing. But it's like, no, they're friends. Yeah, neither one of them have any interest in Yeah, that. they're like, it's easy to see two pretty people next to each other and be yeah. like, you two. Yeah. Kiss. Make out. Yeah. And then they fucked. <laughs> But that's just not the case. Yeah, neither. Everyone else assumes it, and they're like, uh, "No, I'm good. Thanks, bye." <laughs> Speck at the outpost is now crawling with scientists and John, <laughs> and we're treated to one of our favorite things in the world: Zelenka and McKay bickering over science. Yay! And they have a theory as to what this place is. Not a confirmation yet, although the shielding confirms it for Zelenka. 
They have some connection issues between the controls and the power, but just the mention of getting power to the weapons control gets John as excited as Dr. Vogel at the mention of pastries, or Jester Lavore at the sign of pastries. <laughs> or just any of us, really, at the sign Anything, of pastries. Just pastries. I like pastries. Who doesn't? Um, I showed Jesse someone a video of someone making a donut cake yesterday. Yes. Just to gauge his reaction, because yeah. I'm like, I would be down for donuts at the wedding, and uh-huh. he's like, that looks disgusting, and I was like, I don't like you right now. Do the donut, like, wall. No, I don't want to do a donut wall. Oh. I'll do a donut ring toss. That's fine. <laughs> Instead of flowers, just toss donuts. Yeah. Well, no, like, you know, like, the game at the carnival? Yeah. Where you do a ring toss? It's yeah. like, if you ring... You have to ring your donut. Oh, I'm just more talking just, like, instead of tossing flowers, just, like, literally Toss bazooka donuts. shoot donuts at everyone. Oh, we can do donut holes? There you go. I like it. So, <laughs> the science bros figure out they have to channel the power directly science into the weapon. bros! They need a back-to-back picture of them that says science bros. Yeah, in dramatic mm-hmm. lettering. Uh, when McKay tries to pull one on John, he's mm-hmm. like assumes that John wouldn't know what that means. But again, John is much smarter than McKay assumes. Uh-huh. And, well, and really then Zelenka assumes in this moment we learn because yeah. he kind of like throws them both off of there. He hides his intelligence real well. He he does the thing where he's like the my nerdiness is not the only External. thing I am. Yeah. So therefore it, it's like my my military dudeness is my external thing. <laughs> exactly. This is just what's on the inside. It I, doesn't mean I don't have it. I do love the idea that he fully understands that it means you can fire multiple words of the weapon without waiting for the power to build up, and it's really cool. He doesn't later understand the part with the high energy physics because it doesn't have to do with weapons. But yeah, he likes the things he likes. Yeah. 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 I can appreciate that. I mean, that's how I roll physics. There's a lot of physics. And I'm like, that is outside of my interest realm. I think in physics, there's probably the majority of people who are into physics probably work. <laughs> that Even the people that know a lot are yeah. like, I know 10% of the world of uh-huh. physics. Yeah. Um, but that makes sense. As to, to completely paraphrase Richard Feynman, I have limited brain capacity and I'm going to choose what to fill it with. Sure, exactly. Sometimes it doesn't include how to change a tire. Mm. But yeah. I know some of the deep secrets of the cosmos. There so. you go. Done. Uh, so Zelenka is like, dude, tell him. Tell him, tell him. And McKay's like, no, not yet, not yet. Yeah. He's like, come on. It, it was a typo. You saw the equation? He's like, Just no, it thing. wasn't. It was real. And McKay goes, look, the ancients aren't perfect. They're dead. But he doesn't want John to get too excited, just in case they're wrong. But he hints by revealing and telling the entire thing, which is sometimes how I hint at things as well, mm-hmm. that the ancients were experimenting with high-energy physics on a level that no one has seen before. And it's what they were debating when the scene started. It, all of this, the, the like the percentage and, and, you know, moving the decimal. Yeah. And the part that John doesn't really know, he hides, tries to hide. He's like, yeah, that's cool. 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 That's really cool. I got to go. That would be what I would do. Yeah. Be like, okay, cool. Did um, someone call my name? What? Yeah. What was that over there? Far, far from here? Yeah. <laughs> God blessed. Um, Belkin, Taylor is uh, balking on mm-hmm. Belkin, balking, get it? <laughs> uh-uh. A trade proposal that Hayden is offering, which basically turns the Athosians into indentured slaves. Mm. Um, but to Hendon and Amadis, 
her people, like, that's the only thing you have to offer is your people. Yeah. And Ronan tries to help with an intimidation role. Completely unwarranted and unneeded. He's like a bad D&D. Like, yeah. not, like a D&D player who is not playing co-op. Overly excited, yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, there are other people on your team. Here's my thing. Is like, what the fuck is in this fancy flaxseed? Because I can't imagine that a couple bags of flaxseed are worth than maybe like a couple weeks of work. Well, if it's if it's know, disease resistant, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, some of these seeds can be very expensive. Yes. But the way that she opens this, going, you're going to turn the Anthosians into indentured slaves, makes it sounds like it's like, oh, well, you'll work for us for three years. Yeah. For a bag of flaxseed. No. That's what I mean. Like, if you send yeah. ten people over for, you know, a couple weeks work, clearing fields. Well, you would have to go through at least an entire growth cycle. Knowing a tiny bit about how far that's what I'm saying. Work, this is why I'm relying. You would you send a nothing. crew of people to work an entire growth cycle, which is how many months? So, like six, seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, it depends on how quickly you're tilling the soil. And I'm just saying, you better be getting a fuck ton of flaxseed for that. You really wouldn't though, because really? it doesn't take much. So I've seen my dad buy handfuls of things yeah. for a lot of money. Wow. Yeah, or the stuff that they make. Yeah. It's handfuls of things because you get a lot from it. Yeah. Like, it's not one plant Because you for saw each. how many, like, they came up with, like, two big bags yeah. and two small bags of Because remember, like, the seeds will sprout multiple yes. things from it. Yeah. Um, and then you grow from those and then you grow from those. So their value, what they, what you reap is exponential. Yeah. Um, because you keep getting more and more and yeah, it expands. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, like, kind of trace the value backwards that way. Like, say, the potential of this. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you get dead seeds, which that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but the potential of this thing is enormous. Yeah. Think of them like little people. Like one human can produce many humans. Yes. Um, and then humans from those humans, and then humans from those humans, and then humans from those humans. <laughs> and that's how we end up with an overpopulated this earth. This is. This yeah. is how we come up with overpopulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so to walk- find one that's disease resistant, that means that it's not going to fucking die. This is true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be disease-resistant human. Let's do it. So they walk out of the building with bags of grain, and Taylor's like, what the fuck? Dude, I had it under control. You didn't have to come to my goddamn rescue. I feel like Ronan was like, we were playing good cop, bad cop, right? And Taylor's like, no, we were playing good cop, insane person. (laughs) We were playing, we were playing I'm the cop and you're nothing. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I'm Den- I'm Denzel in that one movie with Ethan Hawke. I don't even know. Oh, I know it. I'll find it. You can and, go. And uh, she reminds him that these are extremely high stakes and my people depend on me. <laughs> and Ronan's like, well, they were taking advantage of you. And she's like, no, they weren't. You don't do <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. Shut your I face. I do this. Yeah. I wanted them to think they were taking advantage of me. Like, usually these negotiations, words... Are yeah. not the important part. <laughs> so Mattis comes out and Ronan wants to help again and she's like, get the fuck out of Thanks, here. Thanks, but never help me again. <laughs> you, I, I keep thinking of, um, did you ever watch New Girl? Did you get yes. around to a New yeah, Girl? Yeah, yeah, It's when um, 
oh, what's his, Winston yeah. decides to throw pranks. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, no, that's not a prank. It's that's not. just awful. Why would you do that awful thing to people? She's like, I will let you know when I need something shot. Training day. Take, oh, I never saw training day. Okay. Uh, gather movie, our stuff. In case anyone else was yelling this, it's training day. The movie with Denzel. <laughs> And after Ronan leaves, Menace points out what Taylor already knows, that forcing Hendon's hand is going to make the next trade worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when Taylor explains that Ronan is Nathosian, he tells her that there are is another survivor of Satita in the village. Hmm. Hmm. This is exciting. So in Atlantis, John reports to Weir as they fly back. Uh, McKay wants to fill her in in person. He's very excited. He claims it's the greatest discovery of all time. Uh-huh. And McKay takes the chance while they're flying with the gate open to send a data burst from the lab to McKay's secure network in his lab on Atlantis. And they tease to Weir that it's not just a weapon. It might be the ancient's last great discovery. Too late to win the war. Mm-hmm. But McKay is pretty sure he can finish it. Done. The ultimate power source. It would make zero point modules seem like alkaline batteries. <laughs> you know, batteries have been very handy for a very long time. Let's yes. not diss them completely. I still use them in things. My insulin pump runs on an alkaline battery. I mean, listen, they're great. Yeah, they get the job done. But, you know, if you find a strong They're not very source, romantic. They're not. Yeah, that's what it is. So when we uh, learn more in Weir's office, Caldwell's also there. So a zero-point module has within it a little tiny artificially created region of subspace time. Okay. A little tiny pocket universe. Okay. It's pocket size. Yeah. And what the ZPM does is it extracts vacuum energy from that little tiny universe. Okay. Until there's nothing left in the little tiny universe. Okay, so it's basically just got this little self-producing energy source uh-huh. that's just like, here, I'm going to take some from you. Yeah. Just a little off the top. It's a little off the top until there's no more. Got it. Um, because it's a little tiny universe you created, who cares if you kill sure. it? Sure, yeah. So, which... Except for the people that live in your tiny universe. I mean... And to us, one second is eons and eons and eons. Listen, we don't touch upon the like atrocities that we commit to the little tiny pocket universes imagine what if we're a tiny pocket universe to something else well it's the whole concept of the whole universe is like an atom on a giant thumbnail (sighs) let's get real high and talk about that instead i'm down for it i'm down for it okay it'd be fun first we have to find a way to get high (laughs) fun fact vacuum energy is a real thing okay um it is the background energy i want to make a stupid joke about my dyson okay i'm done i'm done i'm done i'm done Um, admitting it is the hardest part okay (laughs) it is a constant sticking point in a lot of cosmological theories and equations because it's this extra variable in equations Mm -hmm. that things don't always sync up when you try to put because there's no hard math to it there is no hard math Okay. Like, we know dark energy exists and, like, the vacuum energy, and it's one of those things because it's relatively newish in the terms of, you know, research and science and stuff like this. You know, here's what I think. I think for stuff like that, you need to get great non-math and science minds Mm -hmm. in the room with these science people. Um 
And the reason I say this is because as communication, as a communication theorist, which is what I'm going to call myself, that's a lot of what we talk about. Yeah. Is about, and in a different sense, it's mm-hmm. not about the, well, it is, but it's very metaphorical about the power of vacuums and how we just don't exist in them. Well, and that was my entire senior art project in college yeah. was doing astronomy, cosmology and physics uh um, art pieces mm-hmm. to explain theoretical theories. That's cool. I did a large uh, painting <laughs> like, on the theoretical Schwarzschild theories. radius. <laughs> yeah, I said theoretical <laughs> theories. Um, but I did an entire so piece my new band. Uh, showing what the Schwarzschild radius is. That's kind of awesome. black hole. Okay, I'm fine. I'm yeah. a fan. So, zero point energy is also a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the concept of how the colder you get, the slower electrons and particles move? Yes. Okay, so the the concept actually is, I did know that one. Yeah, I didn't just say yes to say yes. I actually did know that. Okay, <laughs> and so you know if you get to quote unquote absolute zero, mm-hmm. things are supposed to stop moving. Okay, well, often it's it like, doesn't because uh, there is still some retained kinetic energy. Yeah, when you get to absolute zero, when it should be, be not still, moving at all. Okay, which is like why some cases liquid helium won't freeze. Okay, is because when it gets down there, there's still a little bit, so it's a tiny movement. Yeah, it's like a slushy consistency. It's not like yeah. liquid. So that is zero point energy. It's you're supposed to be still. You're supposed to have yeah. any energy left, but there's still a little retained. Isn't okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's this. It's the idea of why, like, when you boil water, cold water will boil faster because it's already not moving or whatever. Yeah, kind it's, of. Anyway, yeah. but then there's more. Then then you're moving beyond that very mm-hmm. quickly. Okay, got it. So, so the zero point module, Project Taurus, which is what this outpost was about, is attempting to extract that vacuum energy from our own space time oh, universe yeah. instead of a pocket universe. Oh. Which means you have all the power of the universe. Uh huh. Uh, which it's obviously not the pocket size. It's is full not size. pocket size, but it's much more difficult to do than a ZPM. So it sounds far more unstable too. It's you have there's multiple issues I have with this. Uh-huh. A, it's much more difficult to do. Uh-huh. B, uh, this is our universe, so if you fuck it up, it's We're fucked. Fucking up our universe, right? And you can play God with pocket universes, but don't play God with our universe. But three, the whole point of a ZPM is that you're taking all the energy so there's none left, but you're taking the energy then from our universe. So what are you taking it from? What happens when yeah. you use... It's like a non-renewable resource. Yeah. Yeah. Fossil what, fuels. What, what, yeah, what are you pulling it from yeah. that was later going to hurt us later? You're robbing Paul to pay Peter. Yeah. I think that's how that phrase goes. But if you run out of fossil fuels, the universe doesn't collapse on itself <laughs> and we don't cease to exist. Uh, do we know that? We, we don't, don't know that yet. We could. It's anything is possible. We could cease to exist if we use a The universe could fuels. be like, hey, fuck you guys. The universe is like, hey, we need more fossils. <laughs> Meteor. Yeah. Uh, so. The universe is sentient. John thinks that this was a total failure. McKay's like, listen, it was a failure. It wasn't a total failure. Only partial. This was their Manhattan Project. Mm -hmm. They were under the pressure of a hundred years of war to finish this. And they just couldn't think, like, they were narrow focused. Right. Well, they were in the midst of a war in a far more highly pressurized situation than our guys are now. Yes, our guys are in a high pressure situation. But I don't think it's as bad as where the ancients were. 
So the ancients told um, Atlantis to use this weapon, which was not ready yet, mm-hmm. to defend the Durandan people. Mm-hmm. Which they inflicted heavy damage to the Wraith fleet. Yeah. Um, but the logs indicate there was a major malfunction, and they had to shut the weapon down. And while the Wraith sent more ships to, you know, Ooh, kill the planet. Ooh, and two things, and then probably lots of radiation happening. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm surprised the planet's okay, that they're not sensing... I mean, they could be. Why? I'm, I wonder what would happen if we, like, went into the forest. Speaking of crazy weird animals, yeah. what would we run into? Well, here's the here's my question. In a situation like this where they say that there's no life forms, do they mean no humanoid life forms or no life forms? That's what I mean. Like, this is a planet where you send your botanist. Yeah. You, this is where you find the cure to cancer. Yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. So, McKay is sure the ancients would have saved the planet if that major malfunction hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. And John's like, don't sugarcoat this. Like, this is a long shot. Also, I'm really proud of myself for remembering we had a botanist. Sorry. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> so. uh, McKay's like, they were this close. And without the pressure of losing a war, McKay mm-hmm. is pretty sure he can finish their work. Mm-hmm. So, Link is like, we, we do think that. Mm-hmm. And... John's like, yeah, they do think that. Yeah, that's the thing they think. We all agree on the thinking. So they get the go-ahead. Mm. And we have a montage! Yes. A science A dramatic montage. science montage. It's so dramatic. Yeah. Complete with Morzelink and McKay fighting. <laughs> uh, lots of stress eating, which I can relate to. Yes. Like, I feel that. Um, there are evenings at work where I'm not hungry. I just, just need to keep shoving. Because the faster I shovel popcorn slash donuts slash chips into my mouth the faster i get work done yeah that's how it's a direct correlation (laughs) yeah 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 i'm shoving energy in pushing it out through my mouth (laughs) (laughs) and you can tell it's a bit frustrating on mckay's part because mckay thought honestly he could just come in here snap and it would work well that's usually how mckay works this is which we're knows yeah which is a topic we will definitely get to later uh, communication isn't quite as solid as it could be here. And finally, Zanlika announces that they have it. Yay. And the square hallway lights up. The little tunnel. We did it. On Vulcan. We did it, Patrick. We saved the city. Taylor and Ronan walk into a tavern and find a man called Solon, hmm. who is telling a story about taking up three Wraith Guards on his own. It's like, they're in two completely different movies right now. This is, yeah, night and day. The, like, uh, Ronan and Taylor have walked into a Western. Yeah. And... The other two are in, yeah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, and, and McKay and Zelenka and Shepard and Weir are like in some in arm- Armageddon. Yeah, film. that's exactly the word I was going to use. So Ronan walks up and calls Solon a liar. There mm. were two guards and he wasn't alone. And they laugh and embrace because they were old friends. Yay. And Ronan introduces Kayla to Solon and Sincha. Uh, they were in the same regiment, mm-hmm. and Solon naturally assumes that Ronan and Taylor He could are not have been more awkward about that if he'd been like, hey, dude, you hitting that? <laughs> Basically. Are you, are you, you, you so, fucking her? Can I? I What's mean, is she taken? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, it was so awkward. It was, so it was just like, um, this is weird and uncomfortable for everyone involved. Including <laughs> people not involved. They're like, uh, like pe- passersby are like, bro, stop. <laughs> Just just shut your mouth. So Ronan assumes he's the only survivor, and since he also thought his planet was fine, and we saw him seeing his planet was shit, I'm going to assume he means the only survivor of his regiment or sure. a survivor of his group. 
Um, but he also finds that there are at least 300 people who survived Satita. Oh, here's my question. Ronan had to run. Yes. Very quickly and get out of there. Um, he doesn't seem in complete disbelief when he hears about these people. Yeah. How much of it did he really believe they didn't survive? And how much of it did he have to convince himself that no one survived because he had to run? Well, no, I, I think I think that because he was captured, mm-hmm. I can imagine he would have thought his entire group was captured. Yeah. He was one of the few people or the only one that he knows of that was sent to be a runner. Right. So I think to him, he thinks the rest of his group was killed, was culled. That's fair. But he kept thinking he can go back to Satita. Uh-huh. He didn't think the whole planet was gone. Oh, I gone. hear you. Okay. So he thought his, his military companions. He thought he was the only survivor of his regiment. Got it. Or of that group of the military that yeah. was there at that That's point. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So um, at the outpost, everything has been triple checked. They're going to yeah. try powering this up. Mm-hmm. In the tavern, Taylor watches over Ronan. You know, and all the greatest things happen in taverns, y'all. Drink a lot. So many drink. And laugh as they catch up. And Ronan is brought to a pause. I think Taylor's doing the thing where she pretends to take shots. Yeah. At some point where it's like, y'all are drunk as fuck. Dr- oh, so drunk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ronan is brought to a pause. We learns a guy named Kel is still alive. Hmm. Ronan's like, when the fuck are you going to tell me? And someone's like, honestly, when you were more drunk. Yeah. Drunk when you were this. drunker. And he comes around every now and then to trade weapons. He's got his own private army, and he runs a trading operation on another planet. What a butthole. I don't like him. And he's not as much of a friend as Kin. We learn that Cal was Ronan's taskmaster doing military training. There is no closer bond. Um, I'm guessing like a Master Padawan relationship. It doesn't sound like a happy bond, but sure. Well, I have a hunch it was happy. Until it wasn't. Until Kel did what we until learned he, he did. Until he went Darth Vader. Until he, yeah. Okay. Until until he went and killed the younglings. He was Anakin, and then the younglings, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, what the fuck yeah. are you thinking? Except then, reverse, instead of, like, Ronan was the Padawan, but didn't go, yeah. you know, uh-huh. Anakin. Oh, I was thinking Ahsoka and Anakin. Oh, yeah, Ahsoka and Anakin, yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka and Anakin works, yeah. Bring it all back around. See I what I did? I love Ahsoka so much. I just also love Obi-Wan. I am on fire today. I'm, I'm not at all. I'm just a little bit drunk. <laughs> I've said before and I'll say again, open. if you don't like Anakin in the films, watch Clone Wars. You will love that Anakin, you will learn that Anakin was actually amazing. It's not just a part of him. He has flaws, for sure. But you'll see that he was actually pretty cool. Okay. Okay, so... Um, and they, they continue to, to drink and to toast and Solon continues to laugh. And drink, and Ronan, you can tell, is a little bit instantly sobered up at the mm. thought of Cal being around. Yeah, he's like, that. you just killed my buzz, dude. Also, party fowls, don't fucking spill the ale. Yes. What a waste. Yeah. So, at the outpost during the power-ups, Alenka has a few power fluctuations. Mm. Minor. Uh, John just wants to make sure everything's okay. Mm. Okay, he's like, yep, everything's good. This is totally normal. I have full confidence in the things I'm fucking up right now. Uh, this didn't happen in the simulations. McKay's (laughs) like, nope, we're not going to abort. Everything is fine. And he sends Collins into the hallway to boost the power manually. Oh, no. So he heads into the square tunnel. The door closes behind him and heads to the panel. McKay tells everyone to get ready for a test fire. 
And that's when the energy spills out into the tunnel, overtaking Collins as he screams in pain and falls to the ground and alarms sound all over. Full on horror movie. Yes. This is, how much fun did the people have on effects for this body? So much. <sighs> okay. So everything spikes and overloads, flashes on screens, and they try to turn it off, but everything, all the interfaces freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, levels go off the chart. Pull it's the blood. overloading. Blue screen of death. Before they can start evacuating, the levels start to drop and stabilize until mm-hmm. it shuts down completely. And Collins, call, McKay calls out to Collins to see what happens. Mm. And you get the full realization of what happened when yeah. they open the door and see Colin's body smoking on the ground, arms still raised. Yay. That's totally normal for things to happen. In the conference room on Atlantis, Carson is telling the room that his report will say that Collins died of radiation exposure. Well, yeah. Um, but honestly, he doesn't know what the fuck that radiation was. Yeah. He's never heard of cellular decay that does that much damage that quickly. So, considering what we know about what radiation can do as far as killing you, yeah, it's kind of merciful mm-hmm. that he went the way he went. 100%. Because holy moly. Yeah. Okay. I don't That's wanna, all. I don't want to marry Curry, this stuff. I don't want to marry Curry, and then my life will be over. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think of the things like um, the factory girls. Yeah. With the... Um, that would paint the uh, luminous watches. Yeah, yeah that, I know exactly. And what you're like they about. slowly, their faces deteriorated. Yeah. Holy shit! Because they would, uh, they would like point... they would lick the tip yeah. of the brush they would lick... to paint. So it was in the in the 1900s during the industrial age. Um, the and for I believe it was for World War One. Um, the women for the millet would paint glow in the dark watchers yeah with radium with radium they were called the radium girls is Mm -hmm. what we call them now um and so they would paint because they had tiny hands and could use the tiny brushes for the watches would paint the faces of the watches with glow in the dark paint yeah which was radium which is not the glow in the dark paint on watches now no that's what i'm saying which was radium that's why i needed added that line At the time, yeah. it was radium yes. was glow-in-the-dark paint. It was like how a long time ago, people would just use lead paint like yeah. crazy, it's like fine. all the time. And it's now fine. we've changed the way we do that. Yes. <laughs> now you can choose lead paint at your disposal, but you don't have to kill yourself with it. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't think you can get lead sure paint you can't if you want to. Anymore, um, unless you make it yourself yeah, for reasons. Unless you really have some dark secret. <laughs> um, but the idea is that, so these p- women were essentially ingesting. Yeah. Uh, radium and it was kind of covering their entire mouths and yeah. jaws and and their teeth would fall out, like yeah. would just fall out yeah, randomly disgusting. and it's just scary scary times it was bad anyway that, uh, that's what I think of so Dude, the 1900 the turn of the century in the industrial revolution was great for economy it was terrible for workers rights 100 <laughs> percent yeah holy crap yeah yeah so, Look, I know that that video of Lucy and Ethel trying to get comedy? the chocolates yeah. off the line is funny, but imagine that being your life and being uh-huh. so scared to not fucking wrap the chocolate properly or else you're going to get fired uh-huh. and then you can't feed your children yeah. and it's the depression or just around the corner of the depression yep. and you're like, any food, need things, yeah. need this job, please pay me my 10 cents. Okay, I'm done. Off my soapbox. Off my organizational communication major soapbox. So... Weir's like, uh, what happened? Okay. And McKay is lost in thought while Zelenka <laughs> answers that they are still figuring that out. 
Yeah. They just know there's a huge power surge. The containment fields lashed out and expanded into the tunnel. That's and a nice way to put it. It's a very, it's a very Zelenka way. It just of got it. angry. Like, it just got a little bit mad. And Caldwell asks if it was human error, mm-hmm. which snaps McKay out of the little bit of a yeah. self-trance he was in. Caldwell asks if somehow Collins triggered the surge himself. Hmm. And so he's not looking for a scapegoat. Right. He's looking for a rational reason that would allow McKay's work to continue. Yeah. And McKay shuts the idea down real quick. Collins knew exactly what he was doing. The math was right. The physics were right. This shouldn't have happened. And apart from the containment issues, apparently the device did what it was supposed to do. It just overpowered things. It just overpowered things. It McKay just wants go- to go back and continue. It just went Katie Kaboom on them. It did go Katie Kaboom on and, them. And McKay has imprinted on this yeah. bomb and he's like, no, I can fix it. I fix. Yeah. I love it. It's good. It's not bad. John rightly points out that McKay... It's his beast and he's Bell. Yeah, very true. He's going to break the magic spell. Okay, I'm done. Um, he points out and reminds McKay that a member of your team is in the morgue. McKay is yeah, bro. painfully aware that he is responsible for his death. Fuck. He will live with that for the rest of his life. And we see the outer shell of McKay crack here for mm-hmm. the first time of a few times in this episode. Yeah. And McKay also has sees a responsibility to understand what went wrong and to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And Weir knows this is important to McKay, um, but they also knew going in that some of the technology that we find here is going to be more advanced, is going to be things that they can't reach for now. Right. She tells them, look... You have the information you have. You can run simulations here in Atlantis, but I'm not going to let you go back. Mm-hmm. And McKay admits that part of his push to figure this out is to beat the military to it. Yeah. Because I mean, that seems right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he knows the military is going to send people and he's and he fully believes that he can do this where the military scientists couldn't. Right. And Weir shuts him down quick. Well, not only that, like, who's probably the better hands for this to be in? Yeah. Um, anyway, that's all. Well, I mean, I'd like to say that some of the scientists are going to be Sam-like. Oh, it's not the scientists at all that I'm worried about. It's the people who are the proprietary owners of whatever information the scientists find. Well, and and that leads me to a good question of, you know, it's something that I still even after watching this how many times, when it gets to this part, have a few questions. We know that, and we get a little bit of this later when Caldwell's like, I can put pressure on people, but the military half of these expeditions, did they still answer to the IOC and the same international committees? Well, I think they have to declare to them. Yeah. Right? Because that was... But they don't have to... I mean, I'm thinking of it the way nukes work right now. It's like well, you and, have to declare, but and, you don't have to do and, it. And I'm going to the same side of Landry wasn't getting enough funding. Mm-hmm. So we can go and get more funding from IOC, but he'd have to have a civilian overseer essentially there. Yeah. That's true. This is all very complicated and things that I don't know nearly enough yeah, about. Yeah, it just, it just is intriguing. But it's just fun to speculate. Aunt Belkin Taylor helps a very drunk Ronan to bed. And it's a sweet little moment. And we see he almost has 
a, a, a drunken breakdown with some tears when he at the mere idea of survivors from his planet. Yeah. And McKay meets John outside his room mm-hmm. to tell him about Harry K. Dallington. Mm. Dalling, Dallion. Mm-hmm. Dallion. Well, you, sure. I, I want to mention real quick before we go too far away from it. I like how Taylor gets really sad face for Ronan. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, you're broken. Yeah, you're a little broken. <laughs> okay, that's all. Um, he, but Harry was a 24-year-old scientist working on the Manhattan Project. Harry Dalian. Yeah, and, and McKay says it took him a month to die after he accidentally irradiated himself. And while he was dying, he continued to work. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know what happened to him so that others could learn from it. So that his work and his death wouldn't be rendered meaningless. Mm-hmm. And this, this whole segment reminds me a lot of the first season. Uh, they weren't they weren't personally sick, but it reminds me a lot of the first season of um, Perna and Carson. Okay. Where the whole thing is like they knew the wraith were coming, right? But they worked and they continued to work right. at the, the chance for someone. The else whole to point something. is to leave something. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's the idea behind legacy, right? Where yeah. it's like no matter what, you continue to live. Um, I just read a story recently. Um, that kind of touches on a similar subject. It's not exact, but I, I like the way it feels. So I'm gonna I'm gonna insert it here. Insert away. And it's uh, it was a like a short article. I think you can still find it. It was in the New York Times, and it's called "The Way We Live Now." And it was written two months after the attacks on 9/11. Okay. And the author talks about how every person in New York, every New Yorker, has a different New York. Yeah. And the way they talk about New York is like, this is where this used to be. This is where this other thing used to be. And so the things we build, those leave a legacy. And so the idea is that nothing's ever gone Mm -mm. because it exists in their New York. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to make room for the new things and that's fair and that's allowed. But you're, you always are reminded of what used to be and what is there and what is your version of it. And so there's this idea of legacy that comes into mind where no matter how final our lives are and as humans our lifespan is so short yeah uh our time on this planet is limited um so we're always trying to find a way to make a more permanent mark yeah and it goes to the and and i unfortunately do not remember what culture and i think there's a few cultures that have this the the concept that you have two deaths yeah it's the it's the fact that your first death is when you physically die, and then when no one remembers you, and the second death is when no one remembers. Well, it's like in the movie Coco. It's like in the movie Coco. Yeah. <laughs> um. So McKay asked John what would have happened if they shut the Manhattan Project down after he died. Yes. Here's the catch, though. Mm-hmm. Dalian didn't keep working. Oh. Um. He fell into a coma. And passed ah. 25 days after he was irradiated. And the core that he was working on, which was actually involved with another scientist's death the next year. Wow. Uh, Louis Sloten, who died nine days after he was exposed with the same core. And that core was then named the Demon Core. <laughs> Yikes. And it was destined, supposedly, to actually be a third bomb. But Japan surrendered. And yeah. eventually it was melted down and recycled into other cores. That's exciting. Yeah. That's super good times. Super. I mean, you've named a core the demon core. Uh-huh. And, and, it, and then it made babies. And then it made babies. So now there's little demon babies. There's little demon babies. Super great. We've created this um, 
Yeah. We we brought this ugly, twisted sense of reality into being. Yeah. Us as humans did that. And now, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not a history major. I don't know enough about the patterns of history. But I feel like since that time, we did a lot of damage. Yeah. Spiritually to our own world. But here's actually something that... So, I always like to assume that these type of, like, inconsistencies Mm -hmm. are not accidental. Right. So, here's here's actually my a little bit dark thought behind this. Okay. Is that McKay knows exactly what actually happened to Harry. And he's been... He's slightly manipulating the story. Sure. To reach out... For his well, own purposes. He wants to, to keep going. He wants to keep going. Because that is a, a, human nature, again, yeah. will override any other logic. He has or, to understand this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do to. like that he compares the Manhattan Project to the hot dog as some of the greatest yeah. inventions in the world. We'll get to there. make things a little lighter. Yeah. We'll get there. So <laughs> McKay makes it sound real good. And you mm-hmm. can tell, for the most part, he has very pure of heart behind this. Sure. Like, this is... For all of his, he truly believes this. He truly believes he can make this work. That this is one of the greatest discoveries of mankind. To him, Colin's death is a complete pointless waste if they cannot learn something from it. And he almost breaks. He thinks he knows what happens. Yeah. And John doesn't let him come into his room. Mm-hmm. So he explains it in the hallway. He goes, the ancients did the math wrong. Huh. He wants to adjust the field strength manually to start the generator fractions potential. Even 50% of the power would be dozens of ZPMs. This is where the confidence of McKay comes in handy. Like for yeah. him to be even willing to be like, I'm going to double check the math of the ancients. Yeah. Yeah. Of the gods that were here before us. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, I wanted to share that the uh, the name of the author of the article I referenced oh, is yes. Colson Whitehead, um, just because I think it's important to do that. Yeah. The Way We Live Now, um, 11-11-01, Lost and Found, um, by Colson Whitehead, if you want to check it out. It's awesome. like three pages long. It takes five minutes to read. Awesome. And there's multiple reasons why the ancients couldn't see the answer sitting in front of them, but they didn't have the benefit of hindsight that McKay does now. He yes. goes, this is big. This is the wheel, the light bulb, the hot dog bit. The fucking hot dog. Best case, McKay wins a Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. But when, worst case, we tear everybody a hole dies. in the fabric of the universe. But that's much less likely than so, Nobel yeah, Prize. Yeah, it's everybody dies. I mean, we're eventuality is that everybody was going to die. Yeah. So. And, and Weir, Weir listens to John. And McKay has never asked this of John before. Mm-hmm. But I have earned it. Trust me, McKay says. Yeah. He seems very sincere in these moments. That's what I mean. Like, for as flawed as this argument is, his whole heart is behind us. Oh, yeah. That part's true. And in Weir's office, John and Caldwell are also there. And Weir says her decision is made. Mm -hmm. Um, Caldwell warns her that, look, we're about to head back to Earth. And... You know what I'm going to tell the Pentagon, and they already love the idea of ZPMs. They're going to be all over this. Yeah. Look, I can't overrule you, mm-hmm. but I can recommend to more powerful people that McKay continue their work, and they are able to override you. And we're rightfully 
is fucking annoyed and pissed off at She's that. just, like, as kindly as she can. She's like, she, weren't you leaving? Yeah. Can you just go? <laughs> Thanks. And that is real smarmy, I think, on, on Caldwell's part. I mean, it's crappy, but at least he doesn't. He could have not said anything this and then done it anything anyway. This is true. So it's, it's just the concept of like, well, I can't overrule you, but I have control of those people who can overrule you. Yeah. So I'm going to sort of blackmail you into making this decision. Um, I think coerce is better than blackmail. This is true. Coerce, yes. Um, yeah. Strong it's, arm. It's not good, but for Caldwell, it shows growth. It does show growth. And it it is him being honest. He's yeah. like... This is what I'm going to do. He's like, here's the reality of where I'm at. Yeah. Whereas before, he wouldn't even bother this to give true. her the, like, he would just, she's so beneath, she, before, his his perspective was like that she was so beneath him that she, he didn't even have to bother this telling her these things. This is true. So while it's still shitty, he's still a it's man who's, his, his purpose is <laughs> still the same purpose. But he has come to develop this new facet of self where he's like, well, maybe this woman is someone that I need to show some sort yeah. semblance of respect towards and maybe I can, this is my way of getting there. So it's, you know, we're not running into the same issue with Caldwell, which I love because it just develops him as a character a little bit more. It's a little less, he's a little more 3D. Yeah. A little less 2D. Yeah. Little, 1D. Little uh, less flat. So McKay... John's like, look, McKay can't guarantee the same thing's not going to happen. Mm. But he's apparently figured out the ancient equations were wrong. He wants to use his own math. Caldwell's like, well, if McKay's confident, that sounds good to me. And there's <laughs> like, look, I fucking know my people. Yeah. Um, she knows McKay does not have a lack of confidence. That's never been a problem for McKay. It's never. not like he's magically like got all this confidence that he didn't have before. And... She keeps coming back to the fact that the ancients couldn't do this. I mean, he's, she's not, like, downplaying McKay's skills, but the ancients couldn't do this. Yeah. And I love the idea that Caldwell calls Weir out on putting the ancients on this pedestal. Yeah. They were yeah. flawed, too. They were not... Yeah, they're not here anymore, therefore yeah. they were flawed. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm not going to hide, as you said, growth. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hide the fact that I want the weapon and I want the power. Yeah. That's just a statement of fact. Yeah. Uh, and Weir doesn't deny that it doesn't sound appealing, but she knows McKay and she knows that sometimes she has to protect him from himself. That is true. And that's important for Caldwell to understand. Yes. It's like you are buying into it, It's like if McKay were an addict. Mm hmm. It's like, listen, you're buying into his charm, into yeah. his act, his charisma, this thing that he shows. Um, I live it. Mm -hmm. I've been on the other side of it. I've dealt with the other equation, the other side of the equation. Yeah. You gotta trust me. You gotta trust me. Yeah. And John promises to protect McKay from mm -hmm. himself and to just send the two of them. Mm -hmm. Keep the Stargate open as much as you can. Keep yeah. in touch. But John keeps coming back to the fact that McKay asked me to trust him. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And McKay went to him in a very sincere way. Mm -hmm. um, I think McKay needs to be careful about how he uses this tool. Yeah. Because I don't think he has a lot of chances with um, John. No. As far as this being like, hey, bro, I don't come. Like, and we'll get that, yeah. that at, the, at the very end of the episode. I think yeah. we'll touch on that. Yeah. 
So Weir gives the go-ahead for just McKay and John, and McKay is very happy. Like, to yeah. the point of he slightly forgets the previous issues that were had. Yeah, hey, a guy still died He's on your watch. pretty certain everything will work. He doesn't want to even run simulations, and he jokingly tells John, just, you just keep the coffee coming, I'll do all the work. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, in Atlantis, Selenka tells Weir he thinks he knows why the ancients abandoned this technology. Yeah. Selenka, always the, the, the cooler head. I love him so much. Yeah. And so this scene, McKay, not a good look. Um, mm. So Weir calls John and tells him to lay the test. They think they know the source of the power. Can't be controlled. Yeah. Any power level. Mm-hmm. And McKay just calls out Zelenka, going... Zelenka's like, what? It doesn't matter how much cake you walk on. <laughs> just trying to use vacuum energy from our own space-time creates an environment where the laws of physics don't apply. Do you think anyone explained where that phrase, a cakewalk, comes from? No. To Zelenka? No. Or he's just like, okay, whatever, just Americans American walk on cakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all. Just a weird American colloquialism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he thinks that, so in the chamber, in the containment bubble, like, all the power comes from sort of particles bamfing in or colliding yeah. and stuff like that. So he goes... The power, the, the laws of physics stop applying. Eventually, you get these particles that no one's ever fucking seen before. Right. And you can't control them. You can't predict them. Because you don't know them. Yeah. Exactly. And they breach the field. Mm-hmm. And... They're the drakeys, if you will. They're the drakeys of the particle system. Mm-hmm. They're like, listen, it's great that you want me to <laughs> not turn on the shower and eat your loofah. But alas, alack, I must. They're the drakeys of particle physics. Yeah. And Selink is like, you inherently cannot predict something that is unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Lit- <laughs> literally in the name. McKay d- determinedly says he knows what he's doing. Mm. And as a friend, Zelenka tells him that he has doubts. And McKay goes, you're wrong. And he goes to bring this up now, smacks of nothing but professional jealousy. Okay, see, that's when McKay went too far. Yeah. And Delenka's like, fine, kill yourself, buddy. Not a good look, yeah. Like, literally, kill yourself, just yeah. like the ancients did. Mm-hmm. And John goes, um, did you say kill yourself? Yeah. Run, run that back for me. Zelenka goes, the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. They're dead because of the last overload. But here's the thing. For McKay, death before he would stop. Oh, 100%. Which is where Weir's line comes in. It's like, I have to protect him from himself. If it's cake or death... It's death. It's death. He's going to run into that traffic to understand why it works the way it does. The the weapon up top is just the release valve mm-hmm. for this thing. And, and the wraith didn't kill everyone on that planet or call everyone on the planet. The weapon did most of the work. Yeah. It's the only thing left standing, as John correctly figured. Mm-hmm. Cool, McKay's like, well, you figured out how the ancients are fucked up, so I won't fuck up in the same way. Oh, boy. Well, there is growth to not making the same mistakes. And then he he also, continuing with the bad look for McKay, goes, yeah. no one else can understand this on the level that I do, and that includes Zelenka. Oh, McKay. Yeah. You are your own worst enemy. 100%. Okay. Um... And, and Zelenka just throws his hands up, and I'm sure he's biting his tongue from some very choice curse words. Yeah. And Weir goes, look, I can't lose either one of you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she goes point blank, as does John, two more times after this. Can you do this? And McKay's like, yes. Of course. I don't know why they bother asking. He's going to say yes. Yeah. They're hoping he has some sort of change in conscience or or d- develops a, a fear or something to make him go, maybe not. He is... McKay has this fury in his blind determination that he can do this. He, he's just... He's... he's um, a freight train. Yeah. He's just a freight train. He's gone. There's no going back. Mm-mm. Yeah. So John's going to call back after the test. On Belkin, Ronan is clearly hungover, <laughs> hiding it ish well. Uh-huh. Instead of heading back um, to Atlantis, uh, Solon told Ronan that Kel is here meeting yeah. with Hendon. Um, I want to share my autocorrect because I don't know what the word was that I had here. That's sometimes fun. But it says Elmo Ronan. <laughs> Elmo Ronan. Was it emo? I, oh, it was emo. emo it was Ronin? an emo Ronan. Thank Listen, you. I am like the master of what autocorrect does to yeah. words. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is Elmo you, Ronan? I don't know how much you pay attention to my notes. Uh-huh. There are probably 50 to uh, 75 words Here's in the this. nice thing is your notes are complete sentences. Mine are literally <laughs> just thoughts. Like, it's the equivalent of a digital post-it. I mean, you, yeah. you know, because other people can't read my notes, my favorite... Um, punctuation mark is ellipses uh-huh. because I type stream of consciousness. But l- let's compare, yeah. right? My notes yeah. are take up yeah. three quarters of a page. Yeah. How many pages is your notes? Um, I can't actually tell because I don't have the page thing uh, on, but okay. it takes a while to scroll. To scroll through. Okay. So more than four? Oh, easily. Okay. We're so, talking 10 pages probably per okay. episode. Um, so when yours autocorrects, you can probably find the context around it. Yeah. Whereas mine's like, well, that's gone forever. Yep. Whatever that thought Whatever was, that is was not anymore. Uh, needless to say, from the previous engagement, Hendon doesn't like Ronan. Mm-hmm. So he asked Taylor to help set up a meeting. Oh, boy. And at the outpost, things are going good. Mm-hmm. McKay's equations are solid. Yeah. They're starting at like 40% on the safe side. And uh-huh. I'm like, maybe safer is like 10 one one percent yeah no no single digits um but they power up the weapon some energy starts surging mckay can regulate things he's determined temps rise very quickly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mckay mm -hmm, says he's mm -hmm. ahead of it yeah but it's still rising not 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 super far ahead of it starts overloading yeah just like last time mckay is stunned he goes there's no logical reason this should be working doesn't matter working um, nothing should be spiking like this. None of this is happening as he predicted. And I'm like, you didn't even run any goddamn simulations. So how How could you even know what it could have been? He finally relents, annoyed and pissed to shut the system down. But we are past the shut off point. It will not shut off. Yay. That's good. That's good for us. Not being able to shut uh-huh. the system down. Yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's great. On Belkin, Taylor waits in the bar while Ronan sits, like, like back to the door across the bar. Yeah, mob style. Kel and Taylor meet. Ronan sort of stalks in the shadows with arms crossed in his He's jacket. He's full Darkwing Duck. Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. He's a man of mystery. 
Master Ronan. Actually, Ronan's not a master of disguise he, But he anyway. swoops out of the shadows. He does swoop out of the shadows. He's a champion of the night. This is true. Somewhere a villain will scream. Yes. Because this number's up. He simply is not a master of disguise. Three, though. two, one. Duckwing Duck! <laughs> Let's get... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> when there's trouble, you call DW. So, Cal finally sees Ronan. Ronan's mm-hmm. like, hi. And then pulls his blaster out and shoots him in the chest. I told you, it's a western. This is straight out of Deadwood. Shit quickly escalates. Uh-huh. And Ronan, with his hands out, just goes, look, you know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know what he fucking did. If you want to avenge me, here I am. Again, like fucking Sheriff Bullock. He's yeah. like, I killed that man point black. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And they pause and then let Taylor and Ronan leave. They're like, meh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> So, Taylor finally just wrote a really good, um, it's not intimidate, persuasion. Persuasion, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of intimidation. Uh, when Taylor finally reaches Ronan, she shoves him against the building and pulls a knife in his neck, and apparently, because it's Jason fucking Momoa, he insisted it not be a fake knife. Of course. (laughs) God damn it, that man. God. Cool, 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 cool. I just... I lie. Bye. Don't die. She accuses him of using her to murder an innocent man. Mm-hmm. He goes, he wasn't innocent. And explains to Taylor that he commanded several intrafree... Intra, infiltrate... Infiltration? Some, several divisions. Infantry. Thank you. On Satita. And when the wraith came, he threw thousands of soldiers to their deaths to save himself. He was a traitor and a coward, and Ronan's only regret is that he died quickly. And a piece of shit. He could have killed him slowly, but I guess it would have been messy. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the part that I find really interesting on Taylor's half. She goes, she thinks about it for a second, and she goes, I understand. Mm-hmm. I might have done the same. Our friends back on Atlantis, 100% wouldn't. No. Uh, We're 100% not going to mention this to them. It's definitely like, we both come from the same hood. Yeah. These people don't. These people don't. They're not going to get it. Nope. Um, Yeah. It's kind of cool. It just reminds us that Taylor's not to be fucked with. Well, she also, when she goes, if you ever use my friendship like that again, Mm -hmm. you will regret it. Basically, she's like, next time include me in your plan because I'm no fucking idiot. And I probably could have helped you do this cleaner. Yes. Because now there are witnesses. Yes. And people who know that it was you. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think Ronan gives a shit that people know it was him. No, but to Taylor, she's going to do quick in and out. Yeah, well, done, also, Taylor has a relationship with these people. Right. I think that's what she's more pissed Things about. are complicated. Things are interconnected. Please, if you want to do some stupid shit like this again, let me at least help you do it correctly. Yes. At the outpost, John wants to leave before this place blows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weapon is going crazy on the roof, overloading a lot of extra power. <laughs> it reminds me of when you have the water hose on and you yeah. have like the spray nozzle. Uh-huh. And then you drop it, but you drop it, it on the no- and it's just going crazy. And you're like, oh my God, how do I, how do I get I this? actually had, growing up, mm-hmm. we had some of the fancy sprinklers. Uh-huh. 
but it was a fancy one. It was an octopus. Oh, okay. And so the arms. And it would spin. Yeah. yeah the arms. Th- just those are the kind crazy. you run through when you're little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah, had yeah. one of those. And it was like this. It's kind of what the gun is doing. And it's metal. Mm-hmm. We had one of those, too. Yeah. I like Ours it. wasn't actual. I don't know if it was metal. Ours may have been plastic, but oh, okay. it looked like an actual little octopus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ours had little squiggly arms. But yeah. they didn't have eight, though. I think I, it had six. I don't remember how many arms it actually had. It may have had a tragic accident before it got to us <laughs> in manufacturing yeah. type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was clearly an octopus. That's awesome. It's like purple, I think. But I must. I may also be saying it's purple because to me all octopuses are purple because they are. I'm a Red Wings fan. They, well, they, oh, there you go. Deep cut. <laughs> so McKay doesn't want to leave. He's like, I can get this under control. He is a little bit frantic about it. Mm. John's like, look, I've seen this before. Yeah. Pilots who don't eject because they thought they could fix their plane and get it under control, and they continued working until they hit the ground. Yeah. It is. It's the exact same thing. 100%. Good and job, McKay, John. McKay looks up and is like, we need to leave. Yeah. He's waited too long. The weapon can't let off enough energy to prevent a catastrophic overload, and the whole planet is going to blow. Yeah. Um, I fucked up. Not that your speech wasn't working. We need to go. Yeah, can you wrap up your speech? Because it's time to go. And as they get to the jumper, McKay tries to help John fly to avoid getting hit by the weapon. And he's like, shut up. Yeah, never, never talk. Never tell me the odds. (laughs) And he continues not helping as he reminds John that the jumper can't even take a single direct hit. And John flies around all the wreckage in orbit. And John is just going to fly away from the planet and then come back to the Stargate after the overload. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's... That's not gonna be... Not gonna work. That's not an option. The explosion's gonna take out three quarters of the solar system. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. You can't cool, fly cool. far fast enough. You have to get to the gate. Mm-hmm. How they're not gonna get hit while they're getting to the gate? Not sure yet. Doesn't, doesn't matter. And when they're flying towards the gate... Up from behind some wreckage, very dramatically, comes the Daedalus. Bam boozled. Blocking and taking the weapon's fire. Good thing they came here to check up on them. Oh, yeah. And as the jumper makes it to the gates, the Daedalus goes into hyperdrive. Big bada boom. Big, big, big bada boom. And we take that flash directly to Taylor and Ronan coming through the gate with grain. And we hear Weir yelling at McKay in her office. It's my favorite can, part. That my, tiny little audio hit of just like... And we can hear them quibbling that it was actually five-sixths of the solar system he took out and not three-quarters. Probably not a thing you should be saying. Not helping. Yeah. Not helping. Is five-sixths more than three-quarters? Yep. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. At least argue in your own favor. <laughs> so later, later, uh, Rodney stops John in the hallway, who apparently has been trying to avoid Rodney for a while. Mm-hmm. Rodney wants to apologize. Mm. He was wrong. Yeah. But he intends on being right about everything effective immediately, which is a joke that John doesn't find funny. Yeah, no, you you fucked up for a little while, and it's not going to be normal, and it's going to be tough for McKay because he needs that normalcy. He yeah, needs. He's a creature of habit. Well, he's a creature of habit, and he's already very insecure in the sense of uh, things that involve social matters. Yes. Um, this is going to be not fun for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodney oh. does get serious. He goes, "Look, I've apologized to Weir and Zelenka." 
and I think Caldwell for spying on us. Um, <laughs> but he saved John till the last because he doesn't want John to lose faith or trust in him permanently and wants to earn that back. And John admits that it will take a while, but he's sure Rodney can do it if he really tries. And as the transporter door closes, he does give him a bit of a grin. Yeah. And we are left with Rodney absorbing and taking in the magnitude of not just the physical damage of blowing up a solar system, but the emotional and trust toll it has taken with his... Well, he he had one person die on his watch and, yeah. a, and a second person who he values very highly as well almost died. Yeah. Um, he's in this place where he's run around apologizing. But here's my theory with that. I believe he does regret putting everybody in danger. I, I believe he does. But I think it's too soon for him to ask for forgiveness. Because he's not asking for forgiveness right now in a way to actually say, Hey, I fucked up and, I, and I'm really sorry I put mm-hmm. you through this. He is asking for absolution. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it makes sense that John's like, I I can't really forgive you yet. Yeah. This isn't the right time, and it's a little bit of a, hey, fuck off. It's too soon for you to be asking for this. Well. But, but McKay really needs things to be back to normal as soon as possible. And I think that's part of it. And I think, I think there is, is telling that... Part of this is, I don't know how many times McKay has ever had to apologize on this level before. No. Because, yeah, and I think part of it might be, like we were talking about Caldwell, Mm -hmm. even this amount of emotional forgiving exposure for McKay is a growth. You're absolutely right. But it's also, you're not just apologizing, you're going... I'm apologizing and I need to earn your trust back. Yeah. Instead of just going, I apologize because I fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's just that part that would be difficult for me to get through is like the, hey, I apologize. Can we just move forward now? And yeah. it's like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I can forgive you and I will, but I'm not there. There's consequences that we have to deal with first. Yep. Um, this was... A great character study. Hundred percent. I think for both, I think for both McKay and John. I was thinking for McKay and Ronan. Well, there's multiple but people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just it's a great character piece, which doesn't. I love that you know the external tension is this like we have these bombs, yeah. We have these people, we have all these other things, but it's really just a great character study. Hundred um, percent. And who doesn't relate to, to failing so big. Yeah. That and, you're like, what the fuck even am I? Like, I wonder what's next for McKay. Yeah, and, and, you know, these are the times where, like, obviously, never to this extent, um, but these are the times where I, I really identify with McKay because confidence is not necessarily something that I lack either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the idea that sometimes you are so certain that this is the right answer. Yep. And... Sometimes I can be blind that the yeah. answer that I have is not the actual be-all, end-all solution. Right. Um, but it's a growth. It's like, well, how willing is he going to be next time yeah. 
to hear other people? How yeah. willing is he going to be to slow down and not just run over yeah. what what other intelligent people? Everyone on this fucking base is, is hyper intelligent. Is is here because they are your equals, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. So uh, let's see how much of this. Let's see how much he actually learns from this. That would be the interesting thing to me. Yes. Okay. Uh, that was fun. It was a good episode. Holy moly. We're going to next week get back into ranking him because we haven't ranked him in all oh. the season for either series. So after the next episode will be the seventh one for each. Okay, so we'll, fine. We'll start ranking next week. Okay, I'm, okay, fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, what's up for next week? Next week is Stargate SG-1, X Duke, S... Estus Machina. Estus Machina? Thank you. That actually was not a failure for me drinking. That's just a failure of... I Words. frequently cannot pronounce that concept. Extus Machina. Interesting. Yes. Um, I don't have any predictions. <laughs> but I'm glad that Sam's back. It's it's always nice that Sam is back. All right, guys. Um, Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Find us at Facebook, There's No Place Like Terra. Uh, email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail.com. Read us, like us, review us on, nope, patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Terra. Then read us, like us, review us on where you find podcasts. I wanted to I share, I wanted fail. to say thank you to somebody uh, whose name I don't oh, remember because they shared the video with us. Yes. The Donald Duck video. Yes. I don't have that either. And we're we're gonna nope, it's not nope, it's not gonna nope. it's not nope. gonna load. It's not gonna load. Nope. Ah, we have a load failure. Wait. You, you're an amazing, awesome person. Me and all my damn groups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Did, I'm gonna did, find it. Here, I will distract people. Did, did, um, so so the drink that I made today, if, if we try, I should get better at sharing the recipes. Uh-huh. Um, this I made. I made essentially a double, but it was, I gave myself more. So I essentially made a double cocktail. I did um, four ounces of ginger whiskey. I did, this is for a double, again. I did one ounce of, I have Eric, sweet vermouth. Eric, thank you, Eric, for posting the uh, the name of the Disney short, and we'll Google it. Yes. Okay. We'll cool. share the name of the Disney short. Uh, oh, Mathemagic Land. Donald and Mathematic Land. Yes. <laughs> so for a okay. double of the Man Kansas was four ounces of uh, ginger whiskey. It was one ounce of sweet vermouth. Um, and I because I didn't have any citrus, I did like a tiny bit of... Um, I always forget the name of it. Oh, crap. Um, triple sec. Triple sec. Thank you. Okay. We love you guys. Is there anything else in and there? And then uh, maraschino cherry. And then just uh, do a lot of more things, and it's fun. And uh, just drink uh, whatever your heart desires. Yeah. Okay. For me, bang and energy was, drinks all day long. And there was some bitters in there, too. And then there was fun. Yep. Uh, we love you guys. Bye. Bye.